Welcome to Face Your Faith with West Kenyon. It is our hope that today's study will encourage you to grow deeply in your relationship with God as we study the Word together. Now let's join West for today's study. Today our topic is on repentance. And as I mentioned last week, I was originally going to combine repentance and confession into one topic, but realized that these two things are exceptionally different and both needed their own platform in order to functionally and properly flesh them out. If you have not already listened to the topic on confession, I highly encourage you to do so, as this topic on repentance will have a much greater impact on you. With that, let's jump in with a brief recap of how repentance and confession differ. First, confession in its truest, most honest form is to fully acknowledge and admit, tell and speak out our wrong, our errors, our sin. Keep in mind, however, confession, as we well know from listening to the news and examples in our own lives, is often not a confession and an admittance of truth and regret, but a blatant confession of lies to deflect and prevent any further inquiries that may ultimately expose us and the real truth. You know the ever so famous words, do you promise to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth? In other words, do you promise, do you agree to confess and acknowledge what is completely and fully accurate? And we know how that goes over all too often. And be sure to keep this in mind as we go through this message as we did the last. In contrast, repentance differs in that it goes beyond the acknowledgement and verbalizing of the wrong and goes to the next level, and that of change, a 180-degree kind of change, like absolute belief, a complete change of one's mind, a going from one place to another kind of change. It's no longer simply being aware of what you have done, but actually doing something about it and in a completely different way than you ever have before. Furthermore, God's Word makes it very clear that we do not receive salvation through confession, but only by the action of repenting, the 180-degree change, which is ultimately a wholehearted need to completely walk away from Satan and fully go to God. And that is the fullness of repentance. And I'm going to work this topic from every angle and even repeat myself on multiple occasions. In my opinion, this is the most important topic in the Bible. Yes, a matter of life and death. With that, we are going to start off in God's Word reading from Luke 13, 3. I tell you, but unless you repent, you will likewise perish. I think that is very compelling, concise and clear evidence and great proof that without repenting, we will not see the kingdom of heaven, and without repentance, one will be eternally separated from God. In other words, the unpardonable sin, that of not accepting, not doing a 180-degree turn from following Satan to following God. I understand these are not a pleasant set of words for many around the world, because that sounds like there is only one way into heaven, and only one way to God, and only one God through one specific way, and that of repentance, which also includes confession that must be done exactly as God says. If by chance you are irritated at this point and don't agree, please do me a favor and listen to the end. The worst thing that can possibly happen is if you get to the end and still don't like what you heard, you can simply walk away and forget it. Let's keep going. Acts 8.22 
Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. We see here a full recognition, full admittance of our wickedness, a full recognition of our corrupt ways must be admitted, fully known, and that is the requirement of God in full repentance and confession. We see another example here in Proverbs 28, 13. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. As we continue in this next passage, we see evidence that true repentance in the way God calls us to repent is again a one-time event, just like salvation itself. Luke 5.32 goes on and says, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. More proof that we are only called by God to repent once. And again, that one time is to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and turn 180 degrees and live a brand new life, a rebirth, sin to salvation, evil to good, death to life, slave to free, blind to seeing. But where's the proof that we have truly repented? What does it truly look like? Can we see it in our own lives and the lives of others who claim salvation in Christ? Matthew 3, 8, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. But what are the fruits of true repentance? Let's read in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And the fruits of the Spirit are only lived out and can only be lived out through the act of true repentance. Because without true repentance, there is no Spirit in us to help us live out any one of these changes sincerely. We can see this is backed up again in Acts 2.38. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Again, no repentance, no forgiveness. No forgiveness, no gift of the Spirit. No gift of the Spirit, no relationship with God. No relationship with God, no salvation. No salvation, no admittance into heaven. As I mentioned earlier, most people around the world don't like to hear this. These are fighting words. Most consider this as bigoted against other religious ideas and beliefs, insensitive, hateful, even evil. Again, if you don't like what I'm presenting, please don't take it up with me. Take it up with God. I didn't write this. These aren't my words. These are God's words, His idea, His proclamation, that I simply and fully agree with, just like some of you who have the same conviction about what you believe to be true and just and right and holy. I am also very comfortable knowing I don't need to defend God. I know for a fact God does not need me as his legal counsel. Because if I am barely able to defend what I believe, I certainly have no business defending the very capable God. All God asked of me was to tell others about him. And as we continue this journey of repentance, we see regularly in the New Testament that Jesus continues to warn that everyone needs to do very specific things like repent. And just the way he tells us to, if you intend to see the kingdom of heaven. This, like most everything we encounter in life, has a way it is to be done. In fact, there is little we do that doesn't follow a strict structure and order. 
Yet when it comes to God, so many of us vehemently resist his authority and his guidance. How many of us deep down just don't like authority, period? How many of us just want it our way and not to be controlled? Let's continue Matthew 4:17. Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But what exactly does that mean? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is one of many examples that Jesus is God. He is making it clear one of many times throughout scripture that Jesus references who he is. The kingdom of heaven is here, standing right here in front of you. Heaven come down, heaven on earth. I am it, I am here, I am fully man. Jesus, I am fully God. If you truly believe what I am telling you and want what I am offering you, do what I am telling you to do, and that is repent. Look at it this way. Repentance is just like applying for a loan. If you have ever gotten a loan or applied for one, you will know that you do not get a loan on your terms. No, your lender will tell you the terms of the loan, when to pay, how much to pay, and in some cases, how long you will pay. Or there will be a consequence, and depending on what the loan is for, you will face a major consequence, such as losing your house, car, business, etc. Yes, gone as gone as if you never had it. At least to me, that sounds pretty serious. Sounds life-altering. Sounds as if you do not abide exactly by the terms and conditions, you will be forced into a 180-degree life change for the worse. As in being homeless and not being able to go where you want to go in comfort and freedom. Scream, yell, curse all you want. The lender won't give you what you want just because you are not happy with the terms. And that is exactly how God extends his grace, mercy, and love to us. There is protocol. And if you don't like the terms and conditions, you will not receive any part of it and ultimately be homeless from the kingdom of heaven. 2 Corinthians 7.10 For godly grief produces repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Or how about ending it this way? whereas worldly grief produces homelessness. And those are the exact same terms God has offered everyone on the planet with regard to salvation. If we do not repent, we will be homeless and not go where we ultimately want and expect to go in freedom and in comfort. Consider this, the house and the car are not repossessed the instant you default on your obligation of the terms and conditions. It is sometimes a long time before you receive your penalty, but in the end, you will be held accountable and pay the price. And don't forget, the price you pay for defaulting on your loan may not always result in just financial punishment, but imprisonment, separated from what you truly desire. And as we know, many never fully repent for what they have done in those situations. To me, at least, that sounds exactly like God's words to us on what he says we must do, must follow, must agree to, in order that we will not be homeless and have a vehicle, the vehicle of salvation, which he provides us and is used to take us home. And that vehicle of salvation is ironically not a luxury vehicle, but a tough, old-school, off-road SUV. It rattles, it squeaks, it breaks down, and parts even fall off occasionally. But God never promised us a luxury ride. He just promised us a proper vehicle that would get us where we need to go and that he would keep our transportation to him rolling, running, and insured. No more, no less. 
Don't forget, salvation through repentance actually takes you off the main road, the well-paved, well-lit, smooth highway, and puts you on a dirt road full of potholes and hairpin turns. Matthew 7, 13 through 14 says, For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. I gather from this that not many people have and will not be willing to take the rough scenic route to a vista like no other. But why? Because we want instant gratification, instant success, instant happiness, instant comfort. Isn't this clear and so amazingly loving? God so desires to give you that permanent loan, that amazing home and vehicle to take you there. Think about it. No credit check, no collateral, no investigation into your past. God just takes you right where you are with what you have, even if that is nothing. And the only term, not terms, you have to agree to is complete, honest, sincere, God-pleasing repentance. And to me, that is the most amazing, most worthwhile, most loving thing that was ever offered to me by anyone. And for as long as I live, there will be no better offer, no better home, and no better way to get home. Let's close on this compilation of passages from God's Word. Ezekiel 18, 21 through 23, Luke 15, 7, and 2 Corinthians 7, 9. But if a wicked person turns away from all his sins that he has committed and keeps all my statutes and does what is just and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. None of the transgressions that he has committed shall be remembered against him. For the righteousness that he has done, he shall live. Have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord, and not rather that he should turn from his way and live? Jesus said, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. As it is, I rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting, for you felt a godly grief so that you suffered no loss through us. So if you are serious, really serious, go repent exactly like God told you and not on your terms. And so we see repentance at its core is salvation in Jesus Christ. Go repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you have been and are still so willing to give us true freedom and true life in and with you. The home you have for us and the vehicle of salvation to take us to you once and for all. Push us to see you for who you are and to accept your terms and conditions without our pride and ego interfering. Please continue to regularly show us your desire for our lives. Help us to see that this is not about a mandate, but rather a relationship you so desire from each of us with you. Protect us from the world's opinions of you and keep us focused on you truly and sincerely and the deep love you have for each one of us. Encourage us to enjoy the rough ride to a home we cannot contemplate, to a place we cannot imagine. Keep us mindful as we travel, not to focus on where we are, but where we will end up. And we ask this in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus, our Redeemer. If you are joining us by podcast, please visit our website at faceyourfaith.com for more information 
and resources.